0: Hi guys, welcome back to Narrate with me, right? I'm Preeti. And I'm Siri. Before we begin, Preeti and I have a short disclaimer. We are not doctors or professionals in this field. Anything we say or suggest is from our own research and volunteering experiences. Please contact a doctor or other professionals before taking further action. We also want to mention that we're still in
1: quarantine because of the coronavirus. So if there is a lag in the recording, please do adjust. We are recording on Zoom, as we did not want to stop publishing podcasts for a whole month. On the bright side, we will probably also start uploading more podcasts. So enjoy!
0: As mentioned on last week's episode, today we will be discussing the different types of autism therapy, such as music therapy, deep pressure therapy, speech therapy, and more. Yes, I'll start by explaining floor time,
1: which I learned from the book Autism Spectrum Disorder by Francis Tabone. Floor time, just like the name says, means a teacher gets down and spends time with the autistic person. For a younger person, this could mean getting down on the floor and playing with them. And for an older person, this could mean engaging in whatever interests the person. It is based on the fact that people on the spectrum have interests, and it is important that you understand the person and then direct them to more complex behaviors. The parent or educator would watch the child and then engage in the activity. For example, if the child were to tap blocks, The educator would also tap blocks. Later, the educator would give the child more blocks to tap. Eventually, the child might tap the blocks and then return them to the educator. The goal of floor time time is to enter into the play and use the play to build a mutual relationship. Later, the adult could add language to the play as well. It helps children with ASD reach six milestones. Self-regulation and interest in the world, engagement in human relations, two-way communication, complex communication, creating ideas, and making reality-based and logical ideas. Going back to the example, with the addition of new toys, the child's focus was shifted. The adult joined the child and showed the child that the interest could be shared. Adding language later would help communication as well. Abstract ideas, such as asking how high can you build, can be introduced by using blocks. Eventually, with the adult's help, the child could engage in imaginative play.
0: Oh, that's super interesting. I wanted to start my first example with explaining deep pressure therapy. Essentially, deep pressure therapy is when touch or weight is used to help the children on the spectrum with sensory sensitivity. Some ways to apply deep pressure therapy is by squeezing the muscles and arms of the child, giving hugs, or wearing weighted items such as vests or other heavy layered clothing. There are multiple ways deep pressure therapy is beneficial. First of all, when there are multiple sensory stimuli being presented to the child, the situation can become overwhelming for the child and that's where deep pressure comes in. It is also a good choice to use deep pressure when the child is feeling anxiety or isolated. I actually have had personal experience giving deep pressure therapy to a child I used to volunteer with multiple times. However, I want to highlight one very stressful situation. To begin, allow me to set the stage for this day. It was sometime in mid-May, and as one can imagine, it was extremely hot, and the sun was shining extensively. Then, the child, whom I will refer to as A, came in in an extremely tired and tear-stricken face. When we asked the mother, she told us that A was crying the whole car ride and kept on punching his face, and that it took an extremely long time to calm A down. Soon, I went to A and tried to give A the lunch that was supposed to be eaten. After lunch, I just sat with A, reading a book out loud, when all of a sudden, A started screaming and punching himself. At the moment, I was shocked and didn't know what had come over. A was just fine moments ago, and now I saw A on the ground crying and punching himself. Soon, I was instructed to start squeezing A where he was punching himself, and later moved on to A's hands, arms, legs, and back to A's head. Slowly, A was starting to calm down and listen to me as I instructed A to breathe in and breathe out. It was later revealed that A was feeling extremely hot and had a headache, which we needed to give attention to, and A wanted pressure to be applied there. This was essentially the first experience I ever had being introduced to deep pressure therapy, and I still use it to help other children to this day.
1: That's a great example, Siri. I've helped a few kids calm down by squeezing their shoulders or their arms too. I guess I'll talk about applied behavioral analysis next. Applied behavioral analysis, also known as ABA, is done through one-on-one sessions with a trained professional. It uses various learning principles, including reinforcement, to increase the desired behavior and decrease the undesirable behavior. It relies on clear instruction, the teaching of small units of behavior, and repeated trials to maximize living opportunities. Many studies have shown that applied behavior analysis is effective in increasing IQ, skills related to daily life, and social functioning when it is given 25 to 40 hours a week. ABA relies on a reward system, specifically external rewards. It was developed on the base that people with ASD don't have internal
0: motivation. I also use rewards many times as a motivation. For example, I remember working with a child who was very hyperactive and did not focus on one activity, but instead wanted to jump around and do whatever the child wanted to. In this case, the child was very verbal and would understand what I was saying, even if at times the child chose to ignore me and the other volunteers who were trying to instruct the child. In this case, what I would do is tell the child, I would give the child something in exchange for good behavior and good attention these rewards would always differ depending on the day and the mood of the child ranging from a simple star to the child's favorite meal kfc chicken but in the end the goal of motivating the child to finish the math worksheet or finish the book would always make my day very interesting the book carly's voice is the story of a teenager
1: named carly who had ASD and was only able to communicate through typing which can sometimes be tiring for her at times she required motivation and for her Food was also a great motivator, especially salty snacks. I'll quote a conversation between Carly and her teachers, Barb and Howard, about chips. Carly, type five words and I'll give you the chips, promised Barb. A small, sly smile seemed to cross Carly's face. Five words, she typed. Barb and Howard burst out laughing, shaking their heads in disbelief. Okay, you win, said Barb, doling out five chips. In addition to rewards, ABA is also based on repeated trials, as I said before. First, the student is given the task and then is asked the question and is given a hint to the right answer. If the student answers the question correctly, the student would be given the reward. And if the student answers incorrectly, the student is corrected and isn't given the reward. Over time, the hints are withdrawn until the student can answer correctly. Another example is the study of Ole Ivar Lovas. A Norwegian American psychologist credited with creating one of the first programs for testing ASD, for treating ASD. He compared two groups of 19 students each, who are all under the age of five. The first received 40 hours of treatment per week, and the second received 10 hours per week for two years. Almost half of the first group obtained, obtained average IQ scores and were moved to regular classes. A typical activity during the study may have been a student is presented with two pictures, one of which is a cookie and the other a pencil. The student is asked to point to the cookie. If the student does so, the student is given a cookie. After it is made clear to the therapist, the student can choose between two pictures, more pictures, eventually with more complexity are added over time. Over time, the student would use the help of the complex pictures to communicate needs and desires.
0: 40 hours per week is a long time. Many agencies and schools now built up to two to three hours sessions, which during the student would work for some time and then have some time for recreation. Yeah,
1: many times during my volunteering sessions, after an intense activity, especially something different from the student's interest, the student wouldn't focus. Then the educators instructed me to leave the
0: student alone for some time. Ah, that's very interesting. You know, okay, actually get this. I actually want to use this as an opportunity to also bring up music therapy. You know, I actually didn't know what music therapy was until a few weeks back when I volunteered with a young child. But before I start the story, I briefly want to talk about what music therapy is, in case some of our listeners don't know what it is. As I was doing more research about the scientific aspect of music therapy, I found out that music therapy can stimulate both hemispheres of our brain rather than just one, and I found this out from the article Benefits of Music Therapy for Autistic Children. The same article also mentioned how a therapist can use a song or instrument to support cognitive activity so that we can build self-awareness and improve relationships with others. Music encourages communicative behavior and can encourage interactions with others, which is something that autistic children have great difficulty with. In my experience, music therapy allowed me to gain the attention and the pacify that I was working with. And I will refer to this child as B, and the child was in hysterics. The child wanted to stay outside and did not want to come inside. The teacher and the parent tried, but the child was not in the mood to listen. As I was talking to the parent, the child started to hum Twinkle, Twinkle, and the parent mentioned how the child was going to music therapy and really liked to sing and play instruments. I used this as an opportunity to scoop B in my arms and started to sing the rhymes that I knew, such as Twinkle, Twinkle, the wheels on the bus, the alphabet song, and all of a sudden, B started to calm down and stop crying. The child started becoming more responsive to her father, the instructor, and myself. All I had to do was sing to get her attention and help her become calm once again. And it was also the first time I had even learned about music therapy and its great effects. Picture Picture Exchange Communication System,
1: PECS, is a communication system commonly used with students with ASD. There are six steps to teach students to use PECS. In phase one, for example, a teacher might help a student pick up a picture of a snack from the table and put it in their hands. The, The child would then get a snack. In phase two, the teacher would help the student choose the wanted picture between two pictures with a prompt and without assistance. The picture they would pick would would constitute the item they would get. In phase three, the task of choosing a wanted item from a larger array of pictures is added. In phase four, the teacher would introduce the concept of sentences by using pictures that show I want or I need. The child would have to develop a full sentence to receive the item. The teacher would model first, putting the I want symbol up and having the student put the picture of the item afterward. Over time, the teacher would direct the student to add the I want symbol and then the picture of the item. In Phase 5, the student would answer the question, what do you want, without prompts, and the teacher would also encourage independent use of PCS to ask for items. In Phase 6, the teacher would expand the concept of using pictures to other questions such as how do you feel. For example, the student could choose among various pictures of expressive faces. Lastly, in this final stage, the teacher wants the student to use the pictures to communicate
0: by themselves. Another common method of therapy used for autistic children is speech therapy. Speech therapy essentially helps autistic children improve their verbal, nonverbal, and social communication. According to Autism Speaks, common skills worked on in speech therapy include strengthening the muscles in the mouth, jaw, and neck, making clearer speech sounds, such as taking away the child's tendency to mumble, matching emotions with the correct facial expressions, which helps with social cues, understanding body language, responding to questions, which helps maintain the conversation, matching a picture with its meaning, using a speech app on an iPad to produce the correct word commonly used for nonverbal children, and modulating the tone of the voice.
1: Another important point is that there is no medication for ASD, but there are medications for the symptoms. Studies have shown that medications and behavioral treatments Used together often yield better results. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, most often Prozac, are used to treat anxiety, depression, and obsessive-compulsive symptoms. This type of medication often helps decrease the repetitive behaviors seen in ASD. Antipsychotic drugs can help manage mood delusions and thought disorders. 25% of autistic people have seizures. For them, anticonvulsants may be used. To reduce impulsiveness and hyperactivity in the people with ASD and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, a stimulant such as Ritalin may also be used. Also, risperidone and aripiprazole are approved by the Food and Drug Administration of the United States for irritability and agitation in autistic people aged 5 through
0: 16. Oxytocin may be used to help social communication. Before moving on to our case study for the day, when I was doing research on different types of therapy, I stumbled upon RPM, also known as rapid prompting method. According to VeryWell Health, the rapid prompting method, or RPM, involves constant, fast-paced questioning, prodding, and engaging combined with the use of low-tech alphabet boards for spelled communication. It was developed by Soma Mukhopadadhyay in 2003, for her autistic child to help with communication. Essentially, RPM works in a very simple manner. There should be a table or base with separate words and phrases that can be used to answer many generic questions. I tried it out with a student, and when I did this, I would have a set of 20 words like yes, no, maybe, happy, sad, good, bad, and you get the idea. What I would do was ask the child if they went to school to test out if the child was understanding what I was asking. The child would point to yes, and I knew that they understood the question. And if they pointed to another word, like maybe, I would try again with the same question and sometimes move on to another question, such as if the child ate lunch, if we weren't getting any further progress. These messages. These methods, as I saw from personal experience, essentially helped the child not only with communication, but also gave them practice to read words and indirectly be able to answer questions or hold a conversation with me. Oh
1: wow, that really is very interesting. Now let's move on to our case study for the day, found on autism. pdc.fpg.unc.edu. This case study is about Tamika, who is a three-year-old girl she was recently diagnosed with autistic disorder. Tamika is able to make many vocalizations and is able to say one recognizable word. Tomika will say juice, which she pronounces as ooze. Throughout the day, Tamika cries and falls to the floor to gain access to food, obtain a favorite toy, or when she wants to be picked up. Her parents, Mr. and Mrs. Williams, would like for
0: Tamika to communicate her desires with words, but do not know how to help her. Tamika recently began attending an early childhood special education classroom for learners with ASD in the Hampton County public school system for six hours a day, four days a week. On Wednesdays, Tamika and her peers do not go to school. Instead, on this day, Tamika's interventionalist, Mrs. Dell, has parent conferences in her students' homes. During the conferences, Mrs. Dell discusses educational programming, learner progress, areas of concern, and also provides training to parents. During
1: the first few weeks of intervention, Mrs. Dell has learned a great deal about Tamika and her strengths, learning styles, and specific needs. As Mrs. Dell prepares for her first parent conference, she decides she would like to learn more about the needs of Tamika's family. Mrs. Dell understands that the needs in the home may differ from those in other environments. So she wants to take the time to get to know about Tamika's home situation before providing input and training to her parents. During the first conference, Mrs. Dell discusses Tamika's intervention program and progress she has made during the first few weeks of intervention. Next, the three adults discuss home concerns. Mrs. Dell wants to ensure she has an accurate and thorough understanding of the parents' concerns and priorities. So she uses a family information form to interview the parents. While completing the interview, Mrs. Dell focuses on gathering information regarding Tomika's strengths, parent-child interaction patterns, and primary areas of concern. Additionally, Mrs. Dell gathers information regarding typical family activities and daily routines. Once the interview is complete, Mrs. Dell observes Tamika for approximately one hour. She observes Tamika eating lunch, playing independently, and playing with her father on the swing set.
0: During the second conference, Mrs. Dell works with Mr. and Mrs. Williams to create appropriate home goals for Tamika. The three adults review the concerns raised at the previous conference. They prioritize the goals and identify those that will have the greatest impact on family functioning. Mr. and Mrs. Williams are most concerned about Tomika's ability to communicate her wants and needs consistently in the home. Second, they would like to see her reduce the currents of interfering behavior, including screaming, crying, and falling to the floor. Once goals are identified, they write the goals in an observable and measurable term so that everyone has a clear understanding and can monitor the target skill accurately. The following goals are developed by the team. Tamika will verbally request one word, at least five desired items or activities at home each day for five of seven days for two months. Tamika will verbally request desired items. One word instead of exhibiting interfering behavior like crying, screaming, dropping to the floor, and will demonstrate no more than three occurrences of interfering behavior per week for two months. And three, through discussion and observation, it was determined that Tomika would benefit the most from learning to request the following, including up for being picked up, chip, cookie, movie, and swing. Many common items and activities that Tomika would like to always participate in.
1: Additionally, Tamika's parents said they would like to increase the number and types of interactions they have with her. The following goals were developed by the team to increase the number and types of interactions with Tamika. Mr. and Mrs. Williams will model language throughout the day by labeling objects and actions at least five times each day for two months. Read bedtime stories to Tamika three times each week for two months. We play concept development games during bath time three times each week for two months and provide Tamika with the opportunity to request a desired item a minimum of five times
0: a day for two months. Using information derived from the interview, observation, and ongoing discussions, Mrs. Dell creates an intervention plan for Mr. and Mrs. Williams. She's particularly thoughtful about this step because Mr. and Mrs. Williams both work and have another child. Mrs. Dell outlines a plan that provides a description of when and where to provide instruction. Additionally, she provides step-by-step instructions on how intervention is to be implemented. Mrs. Dell
1: believes the intervention should take place within the context of Tamika's natural routines. Tamika will encounter most of her target items on a regular basis, allowing her parents to take advantage of naturally occurring opportunities. Further, it will be easy for her parents to to create additional requesting opportunities throughout the day. Since the items are all motivational for Tamika, Mr. and Mrs. Williams believe it would be feasible to offer the target items at least 10 times per day within her daily routine. Mrs. Dow decides that naturalistic intervention will be an appropriate instructional strategy to teach the parents.
0: Naturalistic intervention has been demonstrated to be an effective instructional strategy and parents of children with ASD have used the strategy to successfully teach requesting. Additionally, naturalistic intervention is designed to be conducted within natural routines. Next, Mrs. Dell creates a data collection system that is easy to implement in the context of home. She decides to have Mr. and Mrs. Williams keep frequency data for both the requesting of desired items, as well as the occurrence of interfering behaviors. Mrs. Dell carefully crafts a data sheet for requesting. She lists five target items, up, chip, cookie, and movie, and swing, and provides a column to make a tally mark each time Tomika verbally requests the item during the course of the day. Next, she creates a data sheet for interfering behavior. This data sheet is similar to the requesting data sheet, making it easy to implement. On the sheet, Mrs. Dell lists the problem behavior and provides a column to make tally marks each time Tamika demonstrates the behavior during the day. Now that the intervention plan has been created,
1: Mrs. Dell is ready to begin training Mr. and Mrs. Williams. The three adults work together to develop an individualized training program that will result in parent learning and implementation of the intervention. When creating the training program, the team first considers the training format and location. They decide that that the Williams should receive individualized training in their home since that is where the intervention will be implemented. Second, they consider the amount and duration of training. The team outlines a training schedule that offers two hours of training each week for four consecutive weeks. Once the four weeks are completed, The team will evaluate progress and outline a further training as needed. Lastly, the team considers training components. Mrs. Dell provides a tremendous amount of input regarding how best to train Mr. and Mrs. Williams. She wants to be sure the training components are appropriate for this intervention plan and also addresses the Williams learning style. Mrs. Dell decides to provide approximately 30 minutes of training in a conversational format to supply the parents with foundational information on the intervention strategy and data collection system. All other training was conducted using a hands-on approach with Tomika present. This training consists of Dell modeling the intervention and then providing opportunities to both Mr. and Mrs. Williams to practice. Mrs. Dell provides coaching to the parents and provides immediate feedback regarding tasks they performed correctly, as well as areas needing improvement. At the end of each training session, Three adults spend approximately 10 minutes recapping the day's training and identifying the training needs for their upcoming week.
0: As the training sessions are provided, Mr. and Mrs. Williams diligently interventions throughout the week. They take advantage of natural opportunities when Tomika desires one of the target items and are able to provide many additional opportunities for her to request each day. They begin modeling language by labeling labeling a wide array of object, actions to Tomika encounters. They apply bath time and story time routines. Over time, they begin to feel more comfortable with implementing the interventions and are able to incorporate the goals seamlessly into their daily typical routine. As they implement the interventions, they're careful to complete the data sheets and note major successes with Tomika, as well as concerns and questions.
1: Dell wants to be sure Tomika's parents are implementing the intervention with fidelity. Approximately once a week, Mrs. Dell uses the parent intervention fidelity of implementation form to evaluate and document their progress. Each time, she scores the checklist, reviews the results with Mr. and Mrs. Williams, provides positive comments and makes suggestions for areas of improvement. During each training session, Mr. and Mrs. Williams show Mrs. Dell the data they have collected and their notes. The team analyzes the data to ensure Tamika is progressing. Further, Mrs. Dell provides answers to their questions.
0: After the four-week training period, Mr. and Mrs. Williams feel confident about their ability to implement the intervention with Tomika. The team agrees that training on naturalistic intervention can be reduced to once a month. During the monthly training sessions, the parents and the team members review data and discuss progress and next steps. Mrs. Dell wants to help the parents generalize the strategy and intervention plan to other behaviors. Therefore, during the monthly training session, she discusses additional needs and concerns, outlines new goals, and provides additional training to help them implement intervention effectively. Additionally, Mrs. Dell has made it clear that Mr. and Mrs. Williams can email her anytime with immediate questions. After eight weeks of implementing the in- intervention at home, Tamika is now
1: constantly verbally requesting up, swing, and cookie, which she pronounces as "ookie," She will sometimes request chip, but often requires her parents to provide a verbal prompt. During this time, her parents have seen a significant decrease in the occurrence of interfering behavior. And she now demonstrates this behavior on average less than two times per week. Her parents are thrilled with her progress. Because Tamika has shown progress on making verbal requests, the team has identified two additional items to target, ball and bath. Her parents are eager to begin work
0: on these new items. As you can see here, this case study was just a brief example of how therapists and other professionals work together with the family to help improve and build skills of the children on the spectrum to be stronger. I'm so happy for Tomika and her family, and I can't wait to discover more case studies like this. Anyway, thank you again for tuning into this episode. Until next time, I'm Siri. And I'm Preeti. Bye, guys.